1: Hello guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. The Penrith Panthers and Manly Seagulls game has just come to a conclusion with, of course, the Penrith Panthers getting the W there. Obviously by a lot less than, well I know, than what I expected. And uh, a lot less than what I think the vast majority of people probably anticipated. Uh, The Penny Panthers winning that one 24 points to 12. Um, I want to give full credit to Manly. I sort of thought their season was uh, done and dusted, to be honest with you. I didn't give them any hope tonight of uh, staying in this game. I thought Penrith would cover the line quite easily, but only a 12-point victory for the Panthers, and uh, you know what? I think there's a really fair argument uh, that at times the Panthers got a little bit lucky. Uh, I thought, you know, obviously they scored their first points off an intercept. Uh, Stephen Crichton, just doing what Stephen Crichton does, I thought there was a couple of pretty controversial referee decisions that went uh, against Manly in the way of the Penrith Panthers, um, and, you know, obviously two of the Manly boys had to come off for of HIAs and whatnot. They lost Brad Parker, so... Yeah, look, I I think Manly, I mean, you're never happy to lose a game of football, but, geez, I, I think it could have been – I was expecting much, much worse. I thought Manly really put up a good fight in that game, and I thought that um – I thought they came into this game with a plan to really rattle the Penrith Panthers off. I thought it worked early, the ball movement and what they were throwing at them. Um, I, I, I do think it should be noted the Penrith Panthers were missing a couple of key guys, obviously. Uh, Mitch Kenny defensively, uh, they really, really missed him through the middle. Obviously, Luke Summerton made his debut and shout out to him. But defensively, he really struggled through the center. Um, and even attacking-wise, I thought that him and Sonny Luke, just on a number of occasions, they just made the wrong call. And I think that uh, that's, some, that's probably something that I underappreciate with Mitch Kenny, uh, Uh, that he never overplays his hand. He just gets it off the deck, gets it straight to the guys that need the ball. And I thought it was really evident because you've got to remember, tonight's the first night we've seen the Penrith Panthers all year without Mitch Kenny. Um, So, you know, maybe when when I look at him and go, "Gee, he doesn't offer enough out of hooker, Maybe just the basics that he does right every single week and that he just gets the ball to the right guys when they need it. Maybe I'm sleeping on that. Maybe it's underappreciated. But I did think defensively you could really notice that Mitch Kenny wasn't there. Jerome LeWi was a huge loss as well. Now, Jack Cogger came in and did a pretty good job, but he did have some some pretty key moments there where just defensively and just little decisions that he made throughout the game that I thought were reasonably costly. Um, There was the play where... Penrith were coming out of their own end. They went down the short, well, he took it down the short side, threw it to Stephen Crichton, who, granted, was in a little bit of space. But for those that aren't, you know, complete and utter footy nerds like me, you watch the way that the Penrith Panthers play their footy when they're coming out of their own half. It is all down through the centre third. The entire set was ready to go that way. And he got tempted by a little bit of space down the sideline. Now, I, I, you know, and I, I think a lot of people would have looked at that play and gone, you know what? It was unlucky. It's that, it's that, that call that we only hear occasionally, where if a player's in front of the play the ball, when it happens, they can't get involved, which was Stephen Crichton and I know. I think a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, geez, that's unlucky for Cogger who's going to space. The reality of it, and Ivan Clear, I think, would have been filthy in that moment. Was it was a shit play because they needed to go down the center. That's where they needed to get to. That's where the Penrith Panthers play their best footy. They go toto, they go to Ruva, then they start to turn under back into the centre third of the field, excuse me, doing a, a, a Corey Parker and saying that word 10 times in the last 40 seconds. But it was it was just a really good example of sometimes you can get the temptation of seeing space out out there, but you need to think about, okay, what's that going to mean on the next tackle? If Stephen Crichton gets, gets tackled on the sideline there, all of a sudden, Manly, they just umbrella their defence and it becomes really hard to get out of there. On the other side, you get your two wingers. They go to the centre. Then Nate Cleary and Coggan can start to dictate turns because they've got both sides of the field to play with. And that's when Penrith Panthers are doing their very best. That's why you see the boys, you see Nate, you see Jerome turning guys underneath them so often, especially their their, their middle forwards because they love to plant their play the balls in that forty to sixty percent. What do I mean by forty to sixty percent? Think about the field from one sideline to the other. You know, the left sideline is zero percent. Uh sorry, yeah, the left sideline zero percent. The right sideline is hundred percent. The black dot is fifty percent. So if you're in that forty to sixty, you're right in the center. And what it does is it completely splits your defensive line, and that's what the Panthers like to do. They like to get Four on six, whatever it might be. Keep in mind when I say four on six, that adds, adds up to ten, obviously, which is sort of how your defensive line works because you got two guys at marker, one guy at fullback. You got ten players. So what the Penrith Panthers like to do is get themselves into different splits through the middle, where it's four on one side, six on the other side, and then they work those numbers. But when on first or second tackle, your halfback scoots down the down the short side and, and, and throws a two man cut out to the wing, which Manly we're going to cover. Um, it just it throws your whole whole set out of whack, and Nathan clearly would have been filthy at that play that Coggy came up with in that moment. So... I know a lot of people have gone, geez, it's unlucky because Stephen Crichton was offside. He probably didn't realise. But it was the wrong play in the first place to go down that side. It's moving away from the game plan, which is what the Penrith Panthers very rarely do. And I thought that happened a number of times tonight with Cogger, with Sonny Luke and with Luke Summerton as well. They went away from the plan on a couple of occasions. The next man up mentality, the Penrith Panthers do have it. But I think there's a number of young Panthers that will learn a lot of lessons from that tonight. Um, so yeah, j- j- just a different way to sort of look at that. Um, and yeah, it-, it was an interesting sort of moment there. Cause of course, uh, you know, you had Jock Co- Jack Cogger went down the short side, went for that play. It was the wrong play for that moment. And then, of course, two minutes later, Ruben Garrick, he he crashes over as well. So that all got compounded, and it kept the Manly Seagulls in this game. But I thought Manly came out of the gates really well tonight. I thought they looked sensational for the first 20 minutes or so. Um, There was honestly just a couple of... Brain explosions or errors from Josh Schuster that, that that sort of let them down a little bit. Uh, the intercept that Josh Schuster took, he took a Nathan Cleary intercept, got to the 40-meter line, and I have no idea why, but decided to kick that football. Uh, I just It's those little moments with Josh Schuster that I just find so frustrating. So frustrating. You've taken the intercept. You are playing the def- the two-time defending premiers at your home ground without any middle forwards. And you get down to 40 metres out when you've got an entire set in front of you and you kick the ball. Jason Saab's not even on your side of the field. Kohler is not on your side of the field. Maybe if you're kicking to that wing where you've got the fastest guys in the league, it's still a dumb play, but I can understand it. Kicking in that moment was just that was just Josh Schuster thinking about Josh Schuster, which is something that he really needs to get out of his game. He then had a play a few a few minutes later, which is sort of something that frustrated me with Josh Schuster throughout this game, that if it wasn't on, he'd sort of go into contact and get pushed back every time. I, you know, the, the, you don't see. There's, there's not many five-eights I've seen, you know, more, get get pushed back more consistently than Josh Schuster at the moment. And he's the biggest 5-8 I've ever seen. So it just makes no sense. I just. I think he's so talented, he's got so much ability, and if it all clicks, he could absolutely blow the game apart, but right now, there is just so many things in the game of Josh Schuster that are just so frustrating, and to be honest with you, they're they're irritating. Some of the things he does, when you know the sort of ability that this kid has and what he can do, and also the ability he's been born with, but also the body he's been given, you know, if Josh Schuster, if he's not the most fit 5'8 in the world, I can accept that, yeah, because I know in other parts of the game he's going to dominate because of his size. But, you know, he's getting pushed back in contact. He's coming up with these plays. It's just, I don't know, it's just frustrating sometimes with Schuster. There was a moment in this game where he kicked early kicked on second or third tackle. Go back and watch the play. He kicks on second or third tackle in the first half, gets a good bounce, goes to the winger. It was a really good play. But if you watch Josh Shuster's body language after he kicks it, he stops on a 10-cent piece and he watches the kick jumping up and down as if just looking at it going, fuck, how good's that? Whereas if DCE does that kick, DCE is straight on his bike and he's getting down there. And it's these little things that Josh Schuster needs to improve in his game. And if he does, he can be one of the best players in the competition. And you know what? I'm probably being a little bit harsh on Josh Schuster, simply because the sort of ability he's got we do not see very often. He is such a unique talent, and I do not want to see him waste away what he has been born with, the skill set, and the body that he's got. If he can just get it right between his ears, my God. It just he, he could absolutely blow the game away. And I think that moment tonight where he kicked should be a big moment for him where if I was the coach and if I'm DCE, I'm pulling him aside going, hey, what 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 was going through your mind in that moment? It was zero tackle. We had them on the ropes. We'd been playing well. We'd come out. And we'd punch Penrith in the face. Not many teams do that to the Penrith Panthers. Then we mate, we get a zero tackle on their 30 with just about all their players, all their players still chasing out to get onside. And you put in a nothing kick like that, it just it just makes no sense whatsoever. So frustrating that sort of stuff for me. Just because this kid can be so good. Um, we su so, you know, we also had the Stephen Crichton try just before half time, which personally, I, I don't know how. Uh, I, I don't know how there was a couple of moments there where it was Liam Martin and Vega, I think it was, that both went up to compete for kicks, and, and the referees just didn't make a call on them. Like I thought they were knock ons. One hundred percent, without a doubt, and the refs just didn't make a call. It's like they just ignored that it happened. I that sort of stuff was absolutely bizarre. I could not work that out for the life of me. And here you are with the the you know the manly seagulls putting up a fantastic fight in the first half. As I said, they came out and they really punched the Penrith Panthers in the face, which not many teams do. And then all of a sudden, you, they just get you know the Panthers just get let back into the game. So here we are, you know, it's 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 twelve all at half time. Stephen Crichton's taking an intercept, and then Stephen Crichton scored a try off what I thought was a knock on on the play before. Manly's hanging in here. Toa Sipley scored the first try, as I said. Luke Summerton he really really struggled in defence on that set. I know he went off with an injury, so hopefully that's what it was. But he really got picked apart in that set, and then Ruben Garrick scored a really nice try as well, but it came off the back of that Cogger just just loose play that was just moving away from the game plan completely. So. Here here we are, 12 all at halftime at Brookvale Oval. Manly without all their middles. Panthers still got, Jada, still, s- still got uh, you know, most... I wouldn't say JWH then. Got my absolute monster Kiwis front rowers confused there for a second. They had Liotta. They had all their boys. F- Fisher Harris, obviously missing a few in Scentsalina and whatnot. But, mate, I thought Manly did so well to, to hang in this contest until uh, up until that point. And then... 45th minute, Taruva, he scores. Another one that that I I think it's a try every day of the week, personally – But I was a bit surprised they gave it. I thought that him running behind his own player and then there being a slight little um, obstruction, I thought they'd call it back. And I'll tell you what, right now, if Lachlan Croker falls over on that player, if he runs into him more heavily, it is called back. And that's what shits me about the game, that if Croker would have really played it up and really dramatized that, he probably gets a penalty there, which annoys me. But they did give that one. And it, of course, came off Ruben Garrick uh, kicking on zero tackle from his own 20. The old kicking jewel was coming back. I assume Jason Sale, was aware well of this. He he was really tracking, and you know the the ball took the first bounce and went for it. If it would have gone backwards, it would have been interesting because Jason Saab was flying through there. But uh, yeah, tough one there for Manly. I, I do think the part of their game plan was. To come in tonight and just essentially do what Penrith didn't expect, what other teams don't do. I think you see every single team come into Penrith and go, we're going to bash and barge and we're going to show them what's what in the first 20 minutes. They do that and Penrith go, yeah, good as gold. We're we're comfortable here. This is fine. We know that we'll outlast you. This is completely fine. Uh, Whereas Manly, they moved the ball around. they, They took a few risks. They took a few gambles, which I thought was really good to see, to be honest with you. And they did rattle the cage at the Penrith Panthers, as I said. I think the Panthers were pretty shook at the start. They had key guys in key positions going out, going away from the game plan, but it was just a couple of controversial things. That sort of got them back into this game. Brian Tottenham scored late. Nice little ball by Zach Hosking there. Uh, but, yeah, look, the back end of this game, there wasn't really much happening. it Very much so after that was Nath Cleary getting them to fourth and fifth tackle, kicking deep, uh, and just turning the ball over down there. I think the Penrith Panthers got tackled three times in the second half uh, within 10 metres of the line. They were just more than happy to do that because they knew that they had the defence to keep Manly down there. Manly had a couple of opportunities. I, I really do think Manly did well tonight. I think that uh, we need to give the Manly Seagulls a lot of credit for their performance, considering all the guys they're missing and all the middles, HAA's decisions that went against them. Uh, But, you know, the Penrith Panthers, this is just what they do. They are missing troops. Uh, They've got key guys out. You know, they changed half their spine in this game without their 5'8", without their first-choice hooker. Uh, Not many teams would be able to lose you know, half of their spine, played pretty poorly and still find a, w- a way to win 12 points away from home. And it just shows you the sort of team that the Penrith Panthers are once again. But for me, I think the Panthers will walk away from this one. I think they'll walk in Monday morning and go, hey, that was pretty fucking shit. That's not what what, what we're about It was actually a moment during this game that I sat there and sort of thought, um, you know, maybe a loss like this could be good. Timmy mentioned um, this time last year they had a big loss to the Melbourne Storm, which I think sort of narrow-minded them a little bit and really prepped them for the back end of the season. And I I know that they they didn't lose this game, but I think they will walk away from that and go, that performance was really far away from the standard we set as Penrith Panthers, and it might just be enough to zone them back in again. But uh, I, I don't think a loss over the next few weeks would be the worst thing for the Penrith Panthers. They play the Parramatta Eels. Traditionally, they tend to be really close games. Play them over the next few weeks. That'll be an interesting one. I think it's in two weeks' time, uh, potentially. But, uh, yeah, the Penrith Panthers, they march on. They get the two points here. No major injuries or anything to come out of this for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Did it without Isaac Tungo. Did it with Jerome Luai. Did it without uh, Mitch Kenny as well. So you have to give some credit to the Penrith Panthers, for winning that game whilst missing a number of key guys. But I understand Manly also missing a number of forwards and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, look, I also want to give credit to Manly. They came out there with a game plan just to rattle them a little bit. I thought DCE's kicking game was sensational, as always. A couple of really, really nice nudges in that game. Got a very unorthodox sort of kicking style, DCE. Uh, but he just makes it work. I thought Ruben Garrick was fantastic as well. Such a good fullback. Um, I, I, I I was talking to a mate of mine, Les, during the game, just sort of saying, I wonder... We're talking about whether or not he stays at Manly for the entirety of his career. Obviously, Turbo has got a mortgage on that fullback jersey. I think that Ruben Garrick's at a point now where he could go out to other clubs and and really probably land himself a big contract playing fullback somewhere else. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because he was tremendous tonight. Again, I didn't play him in Supercoach. Uh, He did pretty well. I think he scored 80-odd. I was actually playing him in Supercoach draft this weekend, so that was a bit of a kick in the dick. Uh, But he did really well. He looked fantastic. Um, Scored a try in that, and I think after the try he was on 60 and that was after about 20 minutes or so. He only ended up scoring 80, so he had a pretty quiet last 60 minutes or so. But 80 points against the Penrith Panthers, Coach wise take it every day of the week. Probably the biggest disappointment to come out of this game was Nathan Cleary. He just controlled this game. Uh, I feel like he did sort of give... A lot of leeway to Jack Cogger and sort of allow him to sort of dictate turns and lead the team around. And I think that if this game would have been a little bit closer towards the back end I think Nate would have put his footprint on it a little bit more but I think he was happy to sort of share the load a little bit I guess you could say in this game and he obviously, he just felt like he was in control and not losing this one so uh, yeah but a disappointing, disappointing night for us Supercoach owners that took Nath Cleary as our VC 47, you simply cannot even consider taking that obviously. Hopefully it gets upgraded to like a 57, that That'd be fucking fantastic but it now means we have to turn our attention to somewhere else and if you're a super coach classic player who took nath cleary uh vc tonight it means you've only really got the one option and it probably has to be Kalen ponga on sunday afternoon so those of you who are sitting there with a captain decision do i go with either sean johnson or nico hines personally i'd be going with nico hines i spoke about it a lot during the week how how confident i was that he's going to go big this week but I was very, very confident that Nath Cleary is going to go large as well. So interesting times. I think Timmy's going to captain. Nath. Uh, I think Timmy's going to captain Nico Hines. So I'm going to captain uh, Kalon Ponga, and it's going to be interesting to see who goes bigger there. Two big games, two big goal kickers, two big game players. So very, very interesting times. But yeah, Nath Cleary, a very quiet 47, far from ideal uh, in this one for all owners. Brian, Toto, 77. You, you owners will take that every day of the week. Bloody Timmy, the bastard. He's done it again, escaped out of a shit score with a try. Fucking hurts heaps. Um, Isaiah, 68 in Supercoach. Pretty impressive. Olukwatu, a 55. You're an Olukwatu owner. I guess you'll take that. He didn't really do a stack tonight, realistically. Ruben Garrick, 80 if you went. The super pot of DCE, 91. Dylan Edwards, 78. Had to do a lot of things, to be fair, Dylan Edwards. I I reckon there's a chance he might go down, potentially. Uh, But did a number of good things. Sonny Luke. If you've held him all this long and you couldn't find a way to trade him out, he scored 40 for you tonight, so how fucking good. Uh, Not that you'll probably use your VC anyway, because it probably was Nathan Cleary, but Sonny Luke scoring above 10. In fact, scoring above 39, which is fucking fantastic for him. Uh, Another manly player who didn't score too well supercoach-wise, but I just thought he did a number of good things throughout the game, was Kola. Geez, he's taken hard runs. He's a very, very talented player. I'm I'm a big fan of him. I think he has got a big, big future in our game. Uh, But yeah, guys, the panthers they find a way to get the Job done. The Manly Seagulls, pretty impressive in a loss, all things considered. I don't think they really showed a blueprint tonight to how to beat the Penrith Panthers, if I'm completely honest with you. I think they sort of threw shit at the wall and see what happens. But maybe that's what you got to do against this side. Maybe you've got to rattle them a little bit, move the ball early. I think to some degree they showed that if you can move the ball early, You know, you can sort of find spots there, but I'm also like, you know what? They had Zach Hosking playing right centre. They had Critter playing left. Normally Critter's on the right. Zach Hosking normally comes off the bench. Jerome Lua wasn't out there. Mitch Kenny wasn't on the field. Uh, So I, I also don't know how much to look into it from a perspective of we found a Penrith Panthers weakness. I really don't think... Teens have, to be completely honest with you. The other thing about Manny was outside of, you know, the two errors that Josh Schuster made. They moved the ball a lot without making errors, uh, and they didn't make a stack of errors in their own end. The only one they made early was when Josh Schuster turned the ball over. If You know, most teams, if they try and do that, you will get errors, which means you have to defend the Penrith Panthers' attack. And once they've got everyone back on deck... Just not sure if team's going to be able to do that realistically. So I don't think this game has shown a jink in the Penrith Panthers' armour, to be honest with you. Uh, but happy to be proven wrong there. I'm keen to see what Kempi and Timmy think on Monday morning about that. But, uh, yeah, I personally don't think so. But a very a very valiant performance from the Manly Seagulls. Did very well to hang in this game and keep it pretty close, all things considered. But the Penrith Panthers, once again, find a way to get the job done and just go out and do the damn thing.
0: it.